But every now and then, and tonight was one of those occasions, there occurred evenings when he never went out to dinner even if he was asked, because he was busy indoors. They occurred about once a month, these evenings that he was busy indoors, and even an invitation from Lucia would not succeed in disturbing them. Ages ago, Rison had decided what made Georgie busy indoors once a month, and so none of his friends chatted about the nature of his engagements to anyone else, simply because everybody else knew. His business indoors, in fact, was a perfect secret from having been public property for so long. June had been a very busy time, not indoors, but with other engagements, and as Georgie went up to his bedroom, having been told by Foljambi that the hairdresser was waiting for him, and had been waiting this last ten minutes, he glanced at his hair in the Cromwellian mirror that hung on the stairs, and was quite aware that it was time he submitted himself to Mr. Holroyd's ministrations. There was certainly an undergrowth of grey hair visible beneath his chestnut crop that should have been attended to at least a fortnight ago. Also, there was a growing thinness in the locks that crossed his head. Mr. Holroyd had attended to that before, and had suggested a certain remedy, not in the least inconvenient, unless Georgie proposed to be athletic without a cap in a high wind, and even then not necessarily so. But as he had no intention of being athletic anywhere, with or without a cap, he determined as he went up the stairs that he would follow Mr. Holroyd's advice. Mr. Holroyd's procedure, without this added formula, entailed sitting till it dried, and after that he would have dinner and then Mr. Holroyd would begin again. He was a very clever person with regard to the face and the hands and the feet. Georgie had been conscious of walking a little lamely lately. He had been even more conscious of the need of hot towels on his face, and the tap-tap of Mr. Holroyd's fingers, and the stretching of Mr. Holroyd's thumb across rather slack surfaces of cheek and chin. In the interval between the hair and the face, Mr. Holroyd should have a good supper downstairs with Foljambi and the cook. And tomorrow morning, when he met Hermie and Ursie, Georgie would be just as spick and span and young as ever, if not more so. Georgie, happy innocent, was completely unaware that the whole of Rizalm knew that the smooth chestnut locks which covered the top of his head were trained like the tendrils of a grapevine from the roots, and flowed like a river over a bare head, and consequently, when Mr. Holroyd explained the proposed innovation, a little central wig, the edges of which would mingle in the most natural manner with his own hair, it seemed to Georgie that nobody would know the difference. In addition, he would be spared those risky moments when he had to take off his hat to a friend in a high wind, for there was always the danger of his hair blowing away from the top of his head and hanging down like the tresses of a Rhine-maiden over one shoulder. 